Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi all, Danny here. Thanks to all of you going out and voting for us. We're so happy to say that we've been nominated for Best Podcast in the Football League category at the Football Content Awards. Now, we'd absolutely love it if you could help us to take home the crown by voting for us once again over at footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting and by tweeting the following sentence. I am voting for at cobblers to me in the at the underscore FCA's for hashtag best podcast. That's I am voting for at cobblers to me in the at the underscore FCAs for hashtag best podcast. Thank you so, so much for all you've done to make this happen. And please do go over to make your final vote. That's footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting. Hello and welcome to the Soul Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Danny Brothers and I'm here to look ahead to this weekend's game with Salford City at Sixfields. Later in the pod, we'll be spinning the Duncan Spedding Wheel of Destiny to find out which one of you lucky listeners have won one of Matthew J.I. Wood's Sixfields prints. Before all that, though, please welcome to the Itzel Cobblers to Me preview show, commentator and media guru for Salford City, Will Moorcroft. How are you, Will? Yeah, good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Apart from Tuesday night, we uh, we tend to um, if Charles is on with me, we tend to have a have a five or ten minute chat about the Tuesday night game if there's been one. I think even if he was here, there wouldn't be a point because there wasn't a lot to talk about. <laughs> so we'll move swiftly on, <laughs> move swiftly on to the weekend. Um, you had a game at least. We we've had a uh, quiet week. Fair to say. Yeah, I think it's. But it would have probably been best if we did as well. <laughs> with the injuries we've got, we probably could have done with a little you know bit what? more I'm rest. Surprised the midweek round. So, um, yeah, obviously these are the ones that were um, spawned in September because of um, the Queen, aren't they? So I yeah, totally about surprised. I saw uh, the other night four or five games. I was like, "Am I missing something here?" And then it's and then it clicked. Yeah, you didn't think you're supposed to be be somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little panic. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, so um, since we beat you one uh, 0 in January, it's been a little bit of time. It went on a pretty good run. One last uh, nine of your last eighteen games, losing only three of them, wasn't quite enough to earn a playoff place. So how disappointing was that for Salford? Yeah, I think everyone 
knew that we didn't make an amazing start. Um, and sometimes you just get the feeling that it it might not be good enough. Um, a lot of us around October, November were, we had a bit of a pickup in form, but we we're thinking, you know, we started badly. We've not picked up many points. And, you know, in, in the end, that's what it proved to be. Um, you know, a few silly drop points, which would have made up the difference uh, with the playoffs ultimately. So, obviously disappointing not to finish in the top seven. You know, I think as we always have done, really, we, we had a good squad that certainly would have competed. And we showed that in the second half of the season. Um, obviously, Matt Smith coming in was absolutely massive for us. And um, Ryan Watson as well. Um, he's really been a game changer. Obviously, a lot of Cobblers fans will know mm-hmm. what he's about. Um, you know, what Watto's continued that into this season, fortunately. But there have been a lot of changes since January um, when we played each other. So, Again, we'll be coming in Saturday in quite a different shape to uh, when we were last at Six Fields. Do you, um, do you think you would have, you would have, would you have fancied yourselves in the playoffs? Because you always strike me as a side that can be anyone on any day, really. Would you have, watching those playoffs unfold? Do you think you could have could have done all right and won off games and that? Yeah, I, th- I think we'd have had a chance because the way that we'd have got in there would have been that quite cliched now you're the form team going in. Um, you picked up the points at the back end of the season. You're not one of the teams who missed out on the top three and have to settle for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so I think we did done all right. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I was gutted for you. You know, I really was. I, I saw that and I think my stomach did genuinely just churn a bit at just how it happened. Um, but, you know, it. I think Port Vale were, you know, pretty good value overall um you know mm-hmm. i don't think anyone would have complained you guys should have gone up um top three um i would have thought any differently um if it had been you guys going up either you know apart from the top two forest green x to i'd say that yourselves and port vale were the two other best sides last season um certainly that we faced so yeah it was we we'd always have a chance to end orders in the playoffs, but yeah, we we just didn't quite have enough over the course of last season. Mm-hmm. So um, fourth season in League Two now, eleventh, um, eighth, and tenth place finishes. What where where do you think you need to change? What do you need to do um, as a club, as a team, to get just push on to that next level? Because I don't think it's a massive gap to the playoffs and top three for you. Do you think you got it this season? And what what do you think is needed for you guys? I mean, I feel that this season, the way we've started, you know, we're certainly giving ourselves the best chance. Um, when I was doing my prep around the start of the season, you know, when we when we were sitting there in third, second, fourth, it's the highest we've ever really been in League Two. Um, you know, we, we've we not really even been in the top seven that much apart from uh, the behind-closed-door season. So there certainly is progress there. Um, I think what, what needs to change is what we've seen just a bit more, I think, control of games. Um, I think in seasons gone by, we've not had the control of games. You know, we, we've underestimated an opponent or we've got sloppy at times. And I know the gaffer said a couple of times this season that, you know, he feels that we could have been stronger. You know, we could have put games away. Um, Crawley springs to mind. We drew two to at home when, they were barely in the game. I think we had even 75-80% possession. Um, we drew 2-2. Two, two. Um, so it's that it's that seeing a game out. Um, 
we've started now to show the resilience to come from behind. Um, we only did it for the first time in March. We've done it a couple of times since. So we've sort of got that bug off the back a little bit. Um, and then I think it's just getting used to the level. You know, like you said before, I don't even think it's just the playoffs. I think on the day, any team in League Two can beat any team. Um, and it it's just applying yourself every minute of every game, um, which isn't possible for any team. Um, but we certainly just have to do it on a more regular basis, which I think so far the season we have been doing so far. Mm-hmm. So Gary Bowyer sacked in May. Right decision for you? Um, I mean, Gary came in in the behind closed doors season and had to steady the club um, in what had been a turbulent season. He carried that on last year. Um, but yeah, have, I, I think to progress, um, you know, he, he's one of those managers who he's stable, you know what you can get from him. But from the reaction of the fans, the style of play, I think, was quite a big thing. Um, yeah, we're, we're playing a much more exciting brand of football, something that people are really enjoying. And I think, you know, the club is really, really reconnecting with the fans so far this season. So, um, you know, obviously, I, I wish Gary all the best. Um, he's a really great guy to work with, um, really enjoyed with it. But, yeah, I, I think we're in a really good direction now. Mm-hmm. Do you, you kind of feel like it was a more stabilising presence, I guess, to get you through that that period. Were, were fans on the same wavelength of that? Were they kind of wishing him well or were it, was, it, was the majority of the opinion fairly fairly like it needed a change to get you to that next stage? I mean, it, it was very mixed. There were some fans who were very vocal about, you know, the style of play is not great. We're not looking good. We're not playing to people's strengths. Um, there are a few what they thought were strange team selections. Obviously, the position I'm in, I see a lot more behind the scenes what, you know, different people at the club put in, uh, which maybe the fans didn't see and didn't recognise. But, you know, they're certainly a lot happier this season, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, so, so Neil Woods in now, former Manchester United um, under-23 managers. No real surprise, I guess, there in terms of the link-up. Uh, coming in a few days, about three days after Bowie was sacked, uh, Seeming to be a bit of a change of tactic, appointing a young up-and-coming manager. What's he been bringing to the table so far? Uh, fresh energy. Um, that That's really obvious. Um, the way that the team plays is so dynamic. It's so fluid. I dare to say it's so modern. Um, you know, the way that the team adapts, changes mid-game several times. Um, you know, gone are the days of that's your formation, you know, the way that Neil likes to play the teams, it it changes, you know, constantly time to time, um, you know, phase to phase even. So it it's a very new way of thinking. Um, some fresh ideas um, he's brought in with him. And I think appointing a head coach instead of a manager um, is the real key change. Um, it, it suits the structure really, that we've got um, in having a sporting director. Um, I think you need, when you've got that structure, you need a head coach and not what you'd call a manager. Um, and he, he's coming in that role. You know, he's here to focus on getting the team playing and the team are playing. So, so far, it, it's a good job. 
Mm. What, what do you see as the difference between head coach and manager in terms of the roles? Because I always look at it thinking I'm not entirely sure what the difference is between them. Is, is there a clear, a clear sort of defining points of each one, do you think? Yeah, so a, a head coach is a football coach. Um, they're here to work with the players who are going to be on the pitch, um, tactics, formations, and that that's their responsibility. Whereas managers are more in control of more things across the club. Um, so, no, I, I always remember back to when we had Graham, um, between him and his assistant, Chris, they they managed a lot more of the aspects um, in terms of the travel, the team, the conditions. I think a head coach doesn't have that much responsibility, which allows them to focus more on the team and on the players. And that's where you've then got the structure behind it of the sporting director, recruitment team. Um, that's not to say that players bought him for him. You know, he does have a very, very significant say because at the end of the day, he's the one who works with the players. But it takes a bit of that off him in that there's other people in place to do that. And like I say, just allows them to focus a lot more on the playing, um, on the way that the team's, um, you know, set up and the way that they play the game. Um, so it's it's more focused role. Is Chris Casper still the technical director? Is it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Another another Man United link there um, that you've got. Um, so Neil Wood, as I say, comes in. Tw- uh, Twenty two players left, either permanently or on loan, in the summer. How do you see that impacting things? How has it impacted things so far? Um, God, it as many as twenty two. Blimey. Um, if Wikipedia is anything to go by, yeah, which it probably isn't. But. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> what, what I remember when I was, because um, I put the retainer release together, to be fair, that you've got your under 18s on there, you've got, yeah. you know, development squad players. So, um, yeah, it's not 22 first team players have gone really. Um, I think we, from last year, I think we actually retained 18, and most of those were first team players. So, um, yeah, not not that much has changed. I think we we had a few players who've been out long term injured who uh, moved on. Uh, players who weren't really involved. Some players who are out on long term loans. Um, it's the actual core group really from what we had in January or at the end of January hasn't changed significantly. You know, the spine of the team still very as it was. Um, so it's been a good foundation for Neil to come in, make the tweaks, uh, bring in those additional players that are going to take us to the next level. Um, so obviously new manager, uh, new head coach, new ideas. Um, you're going to need slightly different players, but it's good to see a lot of the players who were here before and last season. Anyway, they've still got key important roles. Um, you know, it's not a complete overhaul, which having that consistency is quite important. So one of those to leave, Brandon Thomas Asante on deadline day, itself thirty first of August, I think it was, like right right on the cusp of deadline day, signing for West Brom. I think he scored in his debut about two days later as well for them. Was yeah, there any was, first two? Yeah, was there any kind of annoyance from Salford fans that you left it that late to to sell him as as such, or was was it a case of you know happy that he's gone to further his career? I mean, you know, Brandon came in as a young kid, very raw. Um, and he made that step up to the first team gradually. I think everyone's got very fond memories of him. Um, he's an absolutely great lad as well. Um, 
you know, I don't, I don't like to say it lightly, but he, he really was um, a great guy. And I think he's not, he's left with everyone's best wishes. You know, you, you can't really turn down the championship club when they come calling. So it's a great move for him. And I'm sure that he'll always look back on his time here very fondly. Um, as for the timing, obviously, yes, it isn't the best when it's late on, but that's the way that the window does work. Um, I think what we we sort of suspected that there'd be clubs who came in from in the summer. Um, and I think the recruitment team did a brilliant job in terms of they were ready for when it happened. Um, obviously, not long before he went, we brought in Lawrence to large on loan. You know, a young player who's got potential. And then, obviously, when Brandon went, that allowed us to bring in Odin Bailey. Um, so, you know, they were two targets who I believe had been lined up in the eventuality that Brandon did move on. Um, so he moved and acted quickly. Obviously, he made a great start to the season and, you know, he, he earned himself his move. Um, so, can't really begrudge him. You know, I feel like he's uh, been quite well well um, replaced in that sense. Yeah, and, that, and that's the key for it. It's, it's like with anything, you know, a good club is ready in any eventuality because you don't know what's going to happen. Um, I know the last couple of weeks, a lot's been made about Brighton and, you know, the way that they've been able to so quickly mm. um, replace Graham Potter because they're a well-set-up club and you prepare for those things. It's contingency planning and, you know, that that's a measure of a good club that mm-hmm. can make changes. And yes, we've not got the goals that Brandon started the season with, but we've got players who've come in and are fantastic um, you know, particularly Odin settled in really well. Um, he's not scored or assisted. Uh, no, sorry, he did assist on the weekend. He's not scored yet, but you know, he's shown that he can be a very similar type of player to Brandon and someone else who he hopes going to have an exciting future at Salford. How do you view that start to the season? Then one six, drawn three, and Littler lost just the two in the league. Up in fifth, pretty much on on the coattails of the top three. Still plenty to play for, obviously. Long, long way to go. Um, something you can see being sustained so far. Do you see anything that's that makes you think otherwise? Yeah, I think I agree with um, Neil when he said it has been a good start to the season. Could have been better. Um, you know, the defeat at home to Tranmere was, I think, really frustrating from our point of view. In that we had the better of the game, we just couldn't find a way through. Um, you know, they were quite happy, especially once they'd scored, to consolidate with that and just be tough to break down. Um, they're good at that and they're left with three points. So that was frustrating. But then, you know, we, we've picked up good points elsewhere. You know, Sutton, uh, not too long ago, we weren't particularly at our best, but to come back late on and take home three points, um, we've already started to see some of these things balancing out. So, it's been a better start than we've had previously and I think that's inspired a lot of hope and optimism like he says a long way to go but compared to other seasons we're in a better position going into October than we ever have been so you know you, you've got to hope that we can keep it up. Mm. One of the things that's been talked about a lot I think I've seen a couple of graphics this week you're comfortably top of the possession stats so far in the league um, I think home and away like quite clear at the top of them are those stats. Have the fans responded pretty well to that style? Yeah, I mean it, it. It's been very widely commented on. 
um, both the possession and that Salford are playing better than we arguably have in the Football League. Um, you know, that there are some really exciting players. Uh, we're starting to see more flair come out going forward um, in terms of players trying to take on defenders, you know, bobbing the ball around quickly, uh, very fast pace to the game. And when it comes to the final third, recycling the ball really well as well. Um, you know, instead of holding it up and, you know, knocking it around, they're always looking to quickly try and get the ball back in um, and keep that excitement and that momentum going. So um certainly been a lot better to watch um, than it has been at times. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's quite enjoyable so far. Just hope it can sustain. Because that's the other thing that's been mentioned, you know, you can't, you can't play great football all season in League Two. There's going to come a point where you have to dig your heels in, be a bit nastier. Mm-hmm. Um, just hope that when that does come, we're ready for it and we can find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, has that kind of worked against better against different opposition, or is it? Does it tend to have worked so far for the majority? Has it been changed up a little bit to suit certain more physical opponents at all? Things like that. I mean, we did at Sutton. Um, we brought in Matt Smith up top. I brought in Matty Lund in the middle. And that was to give our core a bit more experience, a bit more canniness, a bit more wily. Um, and come 90 minutes, that worked and that worked out. Um, I think the bottom line is we've just dominated every game um, that we've been in in terms of possession. Um, I think it will suit us more when teams want to play football against us as well because then we're playing in our backyard. Like we've seen the last couple of weeks maybe though, when teams want to sit in, they're happy, I think particularly more so when they come to ours, when they're happy to play like that with the prospect of taking home a point or nicking all three. I think that's when we've come unstuck. So, if a team comes at us, we'll go at them and you'll have a really good game. If a team sits in, we're going to labour to try and break them down. Um, and, you know, that's when sometimes it can get very pass, 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 pass. Um, so it depends how a team wants to set up. But we, we know our principles. A lot of them are possession-based and we'll stick with those. Mm. Uh, Grimsby with a prime example at the weekend coming to your place you'd, you'd think they're going happy with the point using a lot of their physicality it's good effect especially for their goal you look at their goal it's it's a corner that's swung in and and you get beat a couple of times physically is, is that a little bit of a worry for you especially coming into a game against us with we're quite high on on set pieces quite a physical outfit if we've got everybody fit is there any sense of of worry about that at the weekend i don't think there's worry um i think it's a case of, as you hear managers shout all the time, winning second balls, um, <laughs> you know, even trying to get to it first and just that reaction, um, really, that that is where we've been susceptible. But that's what we're working on as well, um, you know, how, how to effectively defend set pieces. Um, they'll be, I think they'll be important for anyone playing against us, just, again, coming back to the way that we play, that's where a lot of teams are going to get more chances against us by getting the ball up and trying to get something from a corner. So um, I'm sure they'll have worked on it. Uh, they'll have highlighted that. 
Um, but what I've got to say is I think you've got a really well-balanced team in terms of you're good all over the pitch. Um, you've got threats wherever you look. And yes, it's always good to be good at set pieces, but you know you can be a threat from open play. You can be a threat from set pieces on the break. It, you've got a very well-set-up team. And I think we've just got to be aware that we can't focus on set pieces. We've got to be out of wits all over the pitch. I'm actually really glad you said that, actually, because a lot of pundits, a lot of people on sort of EFL shows, podcasts, all that kind of thing, social media, sometimes I think we can still get labelled as a long ball slash set pieces team. That's all we got. So to, to hear you actually recognise the fact that we can score from different places is good. It's a good thing. It means you've done your research. So that's <laughs> only a good thing. Um, your your performances home and away don't seem to be any different from what I could tell. It seems to be pretty much you click into gear. Um, you're doing just as well at home as you are away. It's got to be a good thing for you, hasn't it, for, for the season? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's consistency. You know, good home form is going to keep you in the division. Good home and away form is going to get you out of the division. Um, I think a lot of teams have shown that um, over the years. So you, you can't worry about going away, you know, everybody's got to play 23 games at home and 23 games away. So it's what, what's the point in worrying? You've got, you've got to enjoy where you go. Um, you know, whether you're playing in front of the 18,000 at Bradford against Stockport on mm-hmm. Saturday, you know, whether you're playing in front of that or you're playing in front of, I think it was 3000 does against Sutton. You've just got to enjoy, you know, what the players got to enjoy, what the profession is. Um, and the only way they can do that is by expressing themselves and hopefully with that comes results so yeah to to me it shouldn't matter if you're home or away you know yeah you can have a good crowd but you want to put a show on you want to impress and if it is a big home crowd obviously as an away team you want to disappoint them so Mm -hmm. (laughs) is there there still a sense when you go away of of you're still a team to be got at is there do you do you still kind of feel that that the teams target you to try and sort of up the game against us? Is that kind of gone away a little bit now? You know what? I actually feel we're getting more at home. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying before, when teams are on the road, I don't think there's as much of an expectation to have a go, come out, attack a team, play against the team. So I think we actually see more teams are happy to come and set up solidly at ours and try and leave with a point or nickel three. Um, that's possibly why we're actually okay away because teams, you've got to show a bit more in front of your own fans and that leaves some gaps and vulnerabilities that we look to expose. That's good stuff. Um, So coming on to players then, obviously main standout, Ryan Watson signed in January. Still seem to be a real threat doing the business still for you. Still playing a number 10 role for you, timing his runs in. Uh, he's been much more of a central midfielder, really. Um, yeah, he he does score his goals by arriving late at the top of the box. Um, to be fair, but you know he's a he's a physical threat from set pieces. He, he he is what I think one of the best players that we've had here in the football league. You know the the impact that he made at the back end of last season, just bringing something in the midfield that we were lacking. He he's carried that onto this season. Um, you know he. Even if he's maybe not having his best game, he pops up with some sort of important contribution. Um, so he's he is very key for us. Um, going into Saturday alongside him, Elliot Watt has been fantastic this season. You know, dictates the play. 
Um, going back to those stats, I think he's top of the passing chart, and that's even having missed out sus- with suspension at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so that just shows how important he is in the middle, and that's where we tick from. Um, you know, playing the ball in the middle, waiting for that opportunity, that gap, that opening, and you know, then Elliot's got the composure to play the ball that we need. Yeah, we'll come on to um, more, more further forward. Matt Smith signed in January. When he signed for you, I just thought that's a quality sign at this level. Did the business at the end of last season. Been a little bit in and out the side this season. Is that more due to form of other people rather than his own form? Uh, I think style. Um, just the way that we want to play. It, it's not a six foot five, six foot six target man style, really. Um I, I don't think it's much more than that. Um, just a, a preference and choice with the way that we're playing. Yeah. So, he's does he mainly coming off the bench in a lot of games? Yeah, he's he's that option when you need to change things up. If you do need to go more direct, um, you know, he's he, he's a great player to have. Um, you know, we saw the impact. Obviously, he'll be gunning that he wants to start more games and play more, as I'm sure everyone is. And I've got absolutely no doubt his time will come this season. Um, but just at the minute, when we're wanting to play away, he, he maybe doesn't quite suit that at the minute. Um, but I think off the pitch, as a wise head um, that he is, um, you know, he's he's been at so many levels, um, championship uh, for so long as well. I think the influence that he can have on the rest of the squad in terms of knowing his stuff is probably just as important. Mm. Uh, last one I want to mention, Conor McElhenney, seems the quality player at this level. Joined you last summer, I think it was, was it? Or the, uh, in the yeah. transfer window. And, um, do you fear losing him in January? I think his, transfer, his um, contract expires next summer. Do you fear him going in January or that worst case scenario next summer for a free? Or has there been a few talks with him already? Uh, I I don't know. Um, it, I think his time here is has been really frustrating for him in that he keeps picking up these little niggly injuries that just don't seem to go away. You know, it seems to be every time that he really starts to find his form, finds the back of the net, something else then hits him. Um, he's really struggled with that. So um, I'm. I think short term, just looking forward to seeing him back on the pitch again. Um, Long term, I'm really not sure. It would would be a shame to see him go because he's a quality player. Um, Is he fit at the moment? Is he will be back for the weekend? No, he's 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 out at the moment. Okay. Uh, Anyone else we should be fearing ahead of the weekend from your point of view? I think Cal Pendry, um, centre forward. He's he's a menace. You know, he'll run at you, he'll charge you down, he'll close you down, he won't stop running at you. Um, and he, he's one of those almost cheeky players who likes to, you know, get at defenders and try to have a bit of fun with you. So um, <laughs> you, you, you can't you can't discount him. Um, you know, he, he had a great end to the season last year with St. Johnston in the SPL, um, nearly single-handedly kept them up. So, you know, at some point, the chance is going to start landing for him. Could have one of them at each end if Danny Hilton gets on then or still starts. Um, um, come to predictions. 
So I was having a look at the stats earlier, actually, for the calendar year of 2022, Cobblers are top of the League Two form. You're third. What, how do you see this one going for you guys? I mean, you guys have got this very enviable record against us, haven't you? Um, you know, we, we always seem to struggle coming down to Northampton and uh, some people say, oh, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things, you know, things are a lot different, but th- there is something in bogey clubs um, I genuinely believe that. So, if if I'm being really honest, uh, I was saying to you before uh, we came on when we were chatting, was and I think you losing on Tuesday might be a blessing in disguise for you, in that it might reignite and reawaken things, and you know you'll get back on your winning uh, trail. But then again, having played 90 minutes and the defeat. Um, it's whether we can take advantage of having not played this week. Um, but I think if you're going to force me into prediction, I think I'll go for another narrow 1 0 to um, Cobblers. Obviously, I hope it's the other way. Um, but I think it'll be another tight game. I think it'll be lots of chances, to be fair. Um, I think it'll be quite an open game and exciting. But yeah, my, my gut would say Cobblers will just edge it just because of the history that you've got in this fixture. <laughs> that makes me nervous already um, I'm going to go for one all I think I think I can see you scoring I can see us being a threat from set pieces against your um, defence goalkeeper in particular that's probably shot that in the foot right away when I say that um, but yeah I think I'm going to go one all I'm not sure who's back it's all based on injuries because we've got so many people, so many players out injuries in the time of recording we're not quite sure who's back who's who's there so it might depend on that but I'm going to, I'm going to sit on the fence for now and go one all I think Um before you go, Will, we need to do a very important job, if that's all right. Um, we've teamed up with Matthew J.I. Wood Design to give away one of his fantastic Sixfields prints, one of which you can see behind Charles if you're ever on a Zoom call with him um, to get an example of that. To enter, you needed to have followed us both on Twitter and retweeted our competition tweet. So many of you did that in droves, and it nearly broke my Duncan Spedding Wheel of Destiny, but I fixed it. I've got it working and we can now choose a winner. I've got all the names of entries loaded up and Will, I need you to say stop when I start spinning the wheel so that we can choose a winner. Is that all right? Yeah. Excellent. So I'm just going to load up the wheel now. It's a very technical wheel. Um, so I'm going to start it. Um, I'm recording it for Prosperity on Twitter as well, just to make sure people know um, it's being done properly. So if you can say stop at some point, in the next few seconds, that'd be great. Stop. Okay. Here we go. And it's going to be David DJH00 is the winner. David DJH00 on Twitter. If you could get in touch um, on Twitter or email and uh, we'll arrange delivery of the print. So congratulations to you. Um, don't fear if you haven't won yet, one though. Um, you could also get a discount code to get 20% off at any design at Matthew J. Wood. Dot com. Just enter cobblers to me at the checkout in all capitals. That's cobblers to me, all one word. And that's valid until Sunday, the 9th of October. Will, thanks so much for joining us. It's been great to chat. No, thanks for having us again. And uh, yeah, all the best for Saturday. Thanks very much. Where can we find you on social media? Um, at Will Moorcroft um, or at Salford City FC for the club. 
Yes, good stuff. Next weekend, we'll be welcoming a late Orient fan onto the pod for that top of the table clash down at Brisbane Road. Thanks very much for listening. We'll be back in your ears next week as we look back on this one and look ahead to next week. Do go back on all of our channels this week for our 200th episode special and also our mailbag special that we released this week. Another good hour of questions and answers that were from the sublime to the ridiculous in terms of questions from there. But apart from that, we'll be back next week. See you then. Hi all, Danny here. Thanks to all of you going out and voting for us. We're so happy to say that we've been nominated for Best Podcast in the Football League category at the Football Content Awards. Now, we'd absolutely love it if you could help us to take home the crown by voting for us once again over at footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting and by tweeting the following sentence. I am voting for at cobblers to me in the at the underscore FCA's for hashtag best podcast. That's I am voting for at cobblers to me in the at the underscore FCAs for hashtag best podcast. Thank you so, so much for all you've done to make this happen. And please do go over to make your final vote. That's footballcontentawards.com forward slash voting. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.